0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
1: This is Behind the Rose, where Bachelor Nation meets country music and everything in between. Here's your host,
2: Blake Horseman. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Behind the Rose Podcast. I'm your host, Blake Horseman, here with my buddy, as usual, Eric Bradley, and today. We have an exciting episode with sex therapist, Vanessa Marin. We talked to Vanessa about how to get over the shame associated with sex, how your Enneagram might affect your sex life and what her number one course is for women and why it's not shocking. But first, Eric, let's chat a little bit. I wanted to get on here and talk kind of about some, um, I don't know. There's a lot of articles written about a podcast that I did and I kind of set it off the cuff and people kind of ran with it and that was kind of me talking about Becca and I know every single time I talk about Becca it's going to be huge headlines and like I can't really stop that so I'm just probably gonna stop talking about Becca in general but I wanted to just clear some things up you know everybody was like oh they were talking they were talking I, I don't think that was like a big secret like you know I was asked like hey are you and Becca talking? I was like, yeah, we've been talking. We've hung out a couple times in LA. So it wasn't like, Hey, Hey, yeah, we're dating. Like that's not what it was. I am a big fan of Becca. I will always support Becca. She's a good friend of mine and her decision to go on paradise. I'm happy for her. I told her that. And I don't know how it ends, but if she finds somebody, I'm going to be very happy for her. She deserves the world. I just want to put that out there because I think a lot of people, I saw one article had bait headline saying that I wanted to be the bachelor to get at, back at becca and i was like what the fuck is going on so i just want to say that out there like she's awesome she deserves a world and she finds somebody i'm gonna be very supportive so i just kind of wanted to i guess clarify that because there was quite a bit out there about that kind of
1: stuff so we also saw maybe you could clarify it too if it was taken out of context producers not wanting you guys together
2: yeah good question so um i think honestly it was it was like one of those things where like i think the i can't remember what the podcaster asked me but she was like, maybe it was why I didn't go on the show or anything. And I think that was more of me being like, I don't know if in that environment, like, what would happen? Like, I'd rather just have it happen, you know. If it was to happen, I don't, you know, we'll see up here, whatever. But it's just like, I think it was more of like, I don't think if I was down there, the producers would be very keen on that. But by no means, if it's not meant to be, it's not meant to be. Like, I don't think the producers like, you know, you don't want like whatever. You know what I mean? So that, I shouldn't have said that. That definitely came out wrong. So I'm glad you asked that. All right.
1: So you just mentioned like people thought that you might want to be The Bachelor again. Funny you bring that up because I saw an article where one of your old arch nemesis, now buddies, Dylan Barber, said that he threw your name in the ring that you should be the next Bachelor.
2: <laughs> You're right. I forgot. I did see this as well. I think Dylan... <laughs> (laughs) Dylan just knows ABC is not going to pick me, so I think it's a jab at ABC more than anything. I think that was Dylan giving the middle finger to ABC is what I think that was. Yeah. Yeah, I could just see him like, dude, I'm going to answer this question and say, Blake. Like, I can just see him. So, yeah,
1: I, th- I thought it was pretty funny <laughs> when I saw that. I- you know what's so crazy with your budding, like, DJ career and the stuff, all the other stuff we're doing on the road? And if you're still single, man, I don't know why, like, ABC or whoever wouldn't want to see you get a shot at that love again, Like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, man. It's
2: crazy. They just, yeah, they're just not
1: really. Because you are soon going to be a very eligible bachelor. You're going to be the new 40-year-old Kenny. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Maybe you'll see me on there when I'm 40. It is what it is. I just don't know if that's ever going to be an option again. I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, even I'm surprised, shocked. I've talked about this with you, Eric. I'm like, sometimes I'll say a thing and think like I'm out of the fold and like nobody cares about what I fucking say. And then I say it and then all of a sudden there's like 30 fucking articles and I'm getting clickbait and I'm having anxiety. And I'm, you know? So
1: yeah, I don't know what it is, man. But and I know Eddie, our producer, always gets frustrated because he's like, God damn it. Why doesn't Blake save that clickbait for our show? We need to start asking juicier questions.
2: <laughs> like we're obviously talking. Like, I guess. We're we could have ran with that and gone to like e-news with it they even wrote a fucking article
1: and by the way did you happen to see katie's story today asking about like dating um someone outside the country and like advice i didn't i missed that and like how like visas and like stuff like that is kind of tricky or he can only come here for 60 days i was like fuck are we gonna see them on a spin-off a 90-day fiance now
2: (laughs) (laughs) dude it is especially right now with covid man like we had we were supposed to have some friends coming from canada this weekend and yeah, they they can't now. All of a sudden, it was like mask mandate in Canada, and all of a sudden, prices jumped like thirteen hundred bucks, you know, for tickets. And they're like, yeah, I can't come now. So I can't imagine. You're right. It'd be hard. Well, first of all, long distance is hard in general, but like different countries is like super hard, you know. Yeah. So, and I think that's why winter games, you remember winter games? Yeah. None of those relationships work because they're all over the country or all over the world. So it's like, yeah, it didn't work. It is out.
1: still funny when you mentioned winter games, like just to think of like some of the alumni that did that show.
2: Hey, I'd love to do summer games. They were going to do summer games last year and I was all in on that. I was like, that could be fun. A little bit more relaxed environment. Ooh, should we go? Should we talk about some, uh, rumors about the bachelor? <laughs> <laughs> i mean i have it on my list here
1: i just don't know where we should go let's with do it, it because
2: let's do it because i think it's happening <laughs> um i had been hearing for a while that it was going to be greg so i'm not shocked I
1: think that's a big fucking mistake on abc's part
2: the reaction when they kind of more or less leaked it was a lot and i think maybe they kind of reconsidered for a moment but i still think it's gonna be great yeah which i'd like to see andrew I would love
1: to see it. Like, obviously, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe, like, even Michael came out and said that like, he turned it down.
2: Yeah, that's not that's not like a yeah, secret. Okay, so, no,
1: yeah, not linking any clickbait here. Trying not to do that and spill tea, but. Yeah, he turned it down because obviously, like even when you were up for Bachelor with Colton and Jason, all three of you guys signed contracts. So there's obviously multiple yeah. people in the
2: running. And, but do you remember the reaction with Colton too? Was really bad. They still picked him, man. Yeah, and so, I, I not this bad.
0: I
1: feel like they just go for whatever is the most drama that will cause them long-term damage instead of like, <laughs> like yeah, why wouldn't at this point, why wouldn't you pick Andrew or bring back another that's, like veteran that's looking for love or that that's fun like fun loving you're gonna get like a good episode of love story and not fucking drama such a good point
2: when you said that like they picked like the right now versus like
1: what's gonna happen yeah like Colton they only picked him because he was a fucking virgin at the time but everyone wanted you and Jason you or Jason Mm -hmm. you were the biggest fan favorite then Jay came out of nowhere
2: Mm mm-hmm I agree, man. It's an interesting choice, to say the least. I thought, I, I had heard, I remember like a month ago, somebody was like, I think it's gonna be Greg. I was like, no, no way. I didn't think there's any way, man. And maybe it, it wasn't gonna be. It was gonna be Michael, but he turned it down. And I heard they begged him pretty hard, too. But, I mean, that would have been incredible to watch Michael and his story. He, I think he could have saved the franchise, man. Listen, I, okay, I wanna say this, though. I don't think Greg's some kind of monster, guys. I don't. He, he did make mistakes on the show. I don't think he's like an abuser, like everybody's saying and all that. But... He doesn't believe in the process. Like he literally said that. He's like, fuck the rose. You know, how can you have somebody who is mad about that process and then be the bastard, right? That's what's confusing to me. I don't think he's like this horrible person, but like if you don't like the process and you don't believe in like that, seeing what multiple relationships. I mean, if he was that taken back and not willing to
1: work through one relationship with the one girl, there's no way he's going to be able to handle 30, just like how he talked to her in those moments. And yeah. It was confusing.
2: I will say this, though. We talked about Nick Vial in the last one. He made one good point. He would might be the only Bachelor to ever come in just, like, hated. And if that happens, he'll probably be loved by the end because every Bachelor that comes in loved gets hated by the end. He only has up to go, so maybe it'll be a great season and it'll be, I don't know, maybe he'll end, you know, freaking America's sweetheart. I don't know. But track record of people who like The Bachelor isn't great either. <laughs> so, I don't know. It's just hard to be The Bachelor right now, dude. Also, uh... I think it was like, I think I
1: saw it on like Reality Steve's drop something. And it's actually a very valid point, too, like what you said, like with Nick, like Colton's the Bachelor, not gonna watch. Ari's the Bachelor, not gonna oh, watch. Yeah, yeah. But it's like everyone's still watching the fucking show. Obviously, the numbers do dip a bit. They're dipping yeah. big time right now. Quite a like, bit. Yeah. It's still a big fan base.
2: I agree with you a 100%. That's why, like, if people don't like Andrew, they'll still watch. People don't like Michael, they'll still watch. But this one might feel a little different because it, it it strikes such a chord with a lot of people when it comes to, like, the gaslighting and all that, with all those accusations towards them. So this one feels a little different. This might be the make-or-break one. I agree. So we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. Hopefully we'll – I think it'll be announced in the next two weeks. I really do. I think they start filming, like, end of September. They're yeah, going to have to. It's going to be announced in the next two weeks. Yeah, they'll have to announce it in the next two weeks or so. Looking at the Michelle stuff, it looks like they're already on, like,
1: date on hometowns. Right now, during filming.
2: Yeah, damn near, exactly. And they have to do all the promos with The Bachelor and all that and film all that too. So I think within the next two weeks, we'll find out. So it'll be interesting. What else we got going on?
1: Well, we have a hometown show this weekend.
2: Yeah, back at Mile High Spirits here in Denver this weekend. It's been six long weeks since I've been there. So it's going to be a fun night. Playing Friday. So tomorrow. Friday. Playing tomorrow at my High Spirits. 11 30 to one thirty. Come on out and yeah, have some fun with me, us. Yeah, I think that's... Oh, and then uh, Iowa. Shout out to Iowa University, man. Hell of a weekend last weekend. uh, I played the basically like welcome back for... Or not welcome back. I played for like the new students. Oh, yeah. The welcoming freshman orientation. (laughs) I played for like the (laughs) 18-year-olds. Listen, I have never had a crowd that just wanted to jump the entire time. Any lyric that came on, they just looked at me and I was like, okay, I guess I'm just going to play trap music the whole time. And they fucking loved it. It was so great. Uh, it was interesting because I was sober because it was on campus. So I was sober and they were sober and 19 years old. So it was a very interesting crowd, but it was a blast. They didn't
1: give you the mystery uh, shot bottle to go pour in the of 15-year-olds? No, 18 year olds? I, was, <laughs> yeah.
2: I was throwing <laughs> cups and towels and and things and, th- <laughs> and things into the crowd. So it was... It was a fun though. I mean, I bet there was two thousand people there, so it was a blast, and the crowd was absolutely insane. So shout out to—I've heard a lot about Iowa and Iowa City, and I tell you what, they lived up to the hype. It was the energy was absolutely insane. So I
1: wouldn't fucking know because I had three fucking flights that did not work eric's flight basically got canceled so well i just quit at some at one point i just i had to give up take the l for the day you would have missed the whole i'm just i just would like to say thank you to the pilot of the (laughs) flight on my first one we taxi out we get to the runway and she's like we're gonna have to turn around and go back to the gate because one of our engines is out i was like well thank you for fucking noticing that while we're literally on the fucking jetway Like taking off. like Yeah, that could have been bad. Also, some other things coming up. Programming update. We mentioned this on the recap. But next week, we will be going to one episode dropping Wednesday mornings with the recap and special guests following the recap every week. So stay tuned to that. Should we announce the winners of the giveaway for CYL, I guess, while we're here? Yeah,
2: let's do it. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. Joycey
1: Wharton. Love. I'm going to butcher names.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's probably just Joyce Wharton, right? Uh,
1: Well, J-O-Y-C-E-E, Joyce C, right? Um, be Joy yeah, C? Joyce
2: C, or Joyce E, or yeah, whatever it is.
1: And uh, Taryn Veres will be getting a couple sweats
2: to CYL. Congrats, guys. Uh, we'll we'll throw up a story, too, and tag you guys. Congrats. Thanks for listening. And-,
1: and stay tuned for some more giveaways, as we'll be at Blended Austin. So we'll probably drop that giveaway here coming up sooner than last time, so you guys can have a chance to book flights. Some time in advance, so
2: that's actually a great point. We should do it maybe two weeks in advance.
1: So that'll, yeah, we'll probably put that up next week. Obviously, come see Blake play. There'll be loud luxury, Bryce Vine, Cascade, Nelly, Bilal, Blanco Brown, Mads, Brandy Cyrus, Kim Lee like everybody. And it's yeah,
2: it's a huge lineup. And it's in Austin, Texas, which is an awesome
1: city. Hopefully, yeah. (laughs)
2: Last time we were there, we got stuck there in the blizzard, but I think this time's gonna be way better. So (laughs) the weather
1: looks like it's 80 degrees, there's no Armageddon ice storms.
2: Yeah, we'll drop that. So keep an eye out for that, guys.
0: Go to your
1: happy place for a happy price. Go to your
0: happy price, price Priceline.
2: Sex therapist, Vanessa Marion. Thanks for coming on.
0: Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to chat with you guys today.
2: I have no idea where this conversation is going to go. I actually kind of like that more. If there's so many different ways I feel like this conversation can go. So I'm excited to get started. First of all, the biggest question overall, like how did you get into this?
0: Uh, it actually really traced back to my parents' attempt at giving me the talk. So I don't know if you guys had an awkward story. I feel like most of us do, but um, yeah, for me, it was my parents driving me home in our minivan after dinner at grandma's house and very awkwardly staring (laughs) at me in the rearview mirror and saying, um, basically the talk was, if you have any questions about sex. <laughs> you can ask them to us. And I was about 11 or 12 at the time. And I knew you know, they're saying I can ask them questions, but what they're really saying is, please, for the love of God, we don't want to talk about this. Don't ask us anything. And I just remember being very struck in that moment of like, why can't we talk about this? I was super curious. I had a lot of questions. I was hearing things on the playground about what sex was. I wanted to check it out and like ask my parents. And so I just kept coming back to that moment of like, why does this have to be so embarrassing for us to talk about? And as I got older, I just stayed really fast fascinated by that question and decided, you know what, this is actually what I want to spend my life doing is figuring out how to help people feel more comfortable talking about sex.
2: I love that because yeah, you're right. Like you don't meet many people who are not only sex therapists, but are comfortable talking about it. And I feel like there should be more conversation around sex. And I like the, on, you know, on your Instagram and everything you said, you know, shameless intimacy, which I think is a great way to put it. Cause I think sometimes Sex does have this like shame around it and it needs to be talked about more, you know, is that kind of what your, when you get a quote unquote, like, I guess a client, do you kind of go in knowing what you want to like more or less help them with? Or do they come to you and they're like, I need help with this. I need help with that. And that's kind of how each session goes.
0: That's a really good question. Sometimes people do have a sense of like, this is something I'm really struggling with. So I actually specialize in online courses because I know it's a lot to like come in 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 person, meet a stranger and start talking about the most intimate details of your life. So I found online courses are a pretty good fit. So a lot of times I will get somebody like, um, our most popular course is finishing school, which teaches women how to orgasm. So a lot of women will say, you know, I've never had an orgasm before, or it's really hard for me to orgasm so they'll know what they want to achieve. Other times people just have this general sense of like, I don't know, my sex life just doesn't feel that great. Like I've, you know, I've, I've heard sex is supposed to be amazing. It's supposed to be fun. I'm supposed to get a lot of enjoyment out of it. But to me, it just feels kind of blah. So sometimes people can't even identify, like, I don't know what it is that's wrong with me or what I like, what my actual goals are. I just know I want it to feel different. So it can be quite a combination of different things.
2: I love the idea of you doing it online because you're right. Like sitting in front of somebody and <laughs> like trying to discuss your sex life can be hard at times, I'm sure, actually, most of the time. So you do a lot of online stuff. And then when you got into this, what did you say you were? You, you have a license in.
0: Yeah, so I so there's really not a career path for sex therapists. <laughs> I kind of had to like figure it out on my own. Like, I know what I want to do. I don't know what I got to do to get there though. Um, so I did my undergraduate degree at Brown in human sexuality, and then I decided to become a licensed psychotherapist because I knew this is a really sensitive subject, and there are a lot of things that get rolled up into this. You know, shame and trauma and you know past experiences. So I wanted to have that like foundation of psychotherapy and really being able to help people like do deep work around this. So I went to graduate school, um, got my master's and then got licensed as a psychotherapist.
2: I don't know if you completely know kind of my story or not, but I was on, I was on the bachelorette and then I went to paradise, the whole thing, slut shamed pretty bad on national television. Um, very bad. And since then I've tried to be as open about sex as possible because I saw what I went through and I'm, I know a lot of people go through, especially women go through slut shaming and everything. So I try to like break down the walls around sex and why it's okay to have sex and everything. So like what would be, I don't know, if if somebody was asked you like, you know, I am shamed by, or like I feel shame when having sex or like I tend to like, you know, I think people who have sex are, I don't know, dirty, shameful, whatever it is. Like what would be your, the conversation you kind of have around that?
0: Well, I think the first place that we need to start is recognizing that we've all been shamed about sex. Like, you know, a lot of times people will ask me, like, why can't I just have a healthy relationship with sex? And I'll say, well, tell me about how sex was treated when you were growing up. And for most of us, it's like we never talked about it. I only saw these unrealistic things in movies or in porn, like porn was my only sex education. For some of us, it's like, you know, my parents told me that this was something I needed to save till marriage. If I had sex before marriage, I was a slut. I was a whore. I was, you know, um, sinful. Uh, Your religion might've told you a bunch of stuff. So it's like, how can we grow up getting all these negative messages about it? Really no positive or genuinely useful messages about it. Like, how could we not grow up feeling shame? So like, I even like to be honest about the fact, like I I do this for a living. I teach people to let go of the shame. And there are still moments where I feel shame around my desires, shame to like ask for what I want, shame to experience pleasure. So it's just a really, unfortunately, like a completely universal experience. And I think That can sound depressing, like shit, we're all just screwed. Um, But I think it's also important for us to like recognize we're not alone in it. Because that's the really terrible thing about shame is that it makes us feel like we're the only one going through it. And so if we can recognize, no, this is a much, much bigger issue. Yes, my challenges matter and they're important, but like There are so many other people who are struggling with this along with me. That can actually take off a lot of the the weight of that shame.
2: Amen. And that's in so many things, not just, you know, like sex and everything. Like Mm -hmm. just shame about so many different things. There's just some communication because so many, you're right, like so many other people are going through probably what you're going through. It's like that. If you ask the question in class... Like probably 90% of the class is wondering that same question kind of thing, you know? So like I said, I was going through your Instagram and everything and it seems like you and your husband do a lot of really cool like uh, conversations together and how you guys act and stuff. So how did, is he, you know, a licensed therapist or is he just kind of, you guys work through things together kind of thing?
0: No, he is not a therapist at all. Um, he started helping me out with my business several years ago. Um, I actually just help, asked him for help with uh, creating an Excel spreadsheet because he is a an analyst. That was like his career beforehand. He can do things in Excel that... Blow your mind. <laughs> so I started asking him <laughs> for help with that, and eventually, like over time, he ended up coming onto my team and being like all the operational person helping me with that everything on the back end of the business. And I kept bugging him to say, like, I want you to join me in some of these conversations that we're having because I'm really open with a lot of the challenges that I've gone through. I talk about like my own orgasm struggles, and I was like, I want us to be able to talk about the challenges that we've gone through as a couple. And he kept saying like, I don't have a psychotherapy degree. I'm not licensed. I didn't study this like you did. And he, it was really a big source of embarrassment and like imposter syndrome for him of like, what do I have to add? Mm. But I, I just had this hunch, So I kept bugging him. And eventually he started, you know, just doing little things with me, like a couple Instagram stories. Then people really resonated with that because I think like, you know, who else has psychotherapy degrees and sex therapy degrees? Like, you know, most of us are just regular people who don't have any training in this. And so, you know, I I think that I have a valuable perspective to offer, but I think people really resonate with him and saying like, yeah, I'm just a regular person like you, but I'm seeing that I can work on this stuff. I can make these improvements too. And I think particularly like him as a man, contributing to these conversations is really important to like helping other men recognize like we can talk about this we can acknowledge times where we're not feeling you know the most confident we can talk about feelings all this kind of stuff like I think it's um just been really useful for other people so and it's just pretty fun to get to talk to your husband about yeah. sex all day
2: so <laughs> <laughs> you going to work with your husband like that's all yeah, yeah. And talk about sex <laughs> it's really cool so i got i got a couple questions as far as like actual like maybe you could help me out here oh yeah <laughs> communication obviously like there's so many different things like we don't communicate about, you know, whether it be in a relationship, whether it be friends, whatever it is. So if somebody was like, I want to communicate with my partner about what I want or what I need in bed, how would like, just opening? I feel like opening that conversation, starting that conversation is the hardest part because once you're into it, maybe it'd be better. How would I open that conversation with my partner?
0: Okay, so let me first tell you the thing that most people get wrong about this. So most of us are not comfortable talking about sex. It feels like a big scary thing. And so most of us wait until we've got a lot of stuff on our list that we want to share with our partner like I don't love that thing that you do I hate this position I don't like the way you touch me all this stuff and so the way that we finally start talking about sex is it just kind of comes like spewing out of us in a particularly bad moment all right and so then our partner's like whoa you know, do you even like me bad. like yeah. <laughs> they get it a- offended. So, you know, that just is such a terrible way to go about starting talking about sex. And even if you have that idea in your head of like, oh, okay, I want to talk about sex with my partner. Now I have to tell them all the things that I don't like, or now I have to give them these really, you know, specific directions about exactly what to do, but I don't even know what to do. Um, It just feels overwhelming. So the place that I recommend starting instead is just to get more comfortable talking about the topic in general. So start with giving your partner compliments. So maybe like the next few times after you guys have sex, you have a quick little conversation where you're like, wow, I really liked that position that we tried, or you were super sexy when you did this. And you want to just ease your way into talking about it without any goals, without making any requests, without giving any sort of feedback, just getting more comfortable. Um, And that's a big part of, of what we're trying to do on our Instagram channel as well. It's like, we show up in stories every day. We talk about stuff and We want this to be conversation openers for couples where they can say like, oh yeah, did you hear what they were talking about today? What did you think about that? Like, we want sex to be something that you can feel as comfortable talking about as like, what's the weather like outside? Mm. So once you build up that comfort of you're just giving each other compliments, you're talking about the things that you like, then at that point, you can get into the trickier conversations of like, yeah, I don't actually love this one little move that you think I love. (laughs) But you've built up enough goodwill and enough courage to have those conversations more effectively.
2: Okay, all right so don't really like jump head in you know head first in kind of like ease your way in okay okay, that's actually good. your
0: way in get comfortable with the topic in general first.
2: We'll be right back. Sometimes, especially as men, I feel like we do things that we think women love, you know? And they don't necessarily say anything back for a very long time. I remember I was dating this one girl. I'm a, So I love to cuddle. I remember I was dating this one girl and there was this thing I do where I like wrap my feet around her feet and we were dating for like four months. And one day she's like, I hate feet and I was like, wait, I've been (laughs) cuddling your feet for like four months. Like, why didn't you tell me this? Like the first night I did it, you know, I was Uh. like, she's been miserable in bed this whole time. (laughs) Like we've been dating because I like kind of like cuddle her feet, you know, I'm like, why didn't you tell me that? Mm -hmm. So I think, yeah, if you just kind of like, tell us right away, too, I think. You know, men are dumb. <laughs> I mean, like, if you just yeah. tell us right away, we'll listen, you know? So a lot of direction, I think. is Yeah,
0: important. yeah. We don't need to be so afraid of giving that kind of feedback. And again, like, there's a way to, to say it nicely and gently. I think a lot of times people think of this idea of giving feedback, and the way that they think of it in their head is like, I hate you, this is terrible, you know? And like, that's not the only way to say something. You know, you can be much more productive about it. And I'll also say, because I'm guessing that a lot of your listeners can probably resonate With that idea of like, I never told him that I didn't like it. And now it's like, I feel like I'm trapped in (laughs) it. Like, you don't have to spend your entire lifetime cuddling with (laughs) feet just because you didn't tell him at the beginning you didn't like it. Like, there's no expiration date on being able to share with your partner, like, this is actually what I like more, you know?
2: That's a good point. No expiration date on it. Yeah, because like You're just miserable the rest of your life now. Like I'm going to be cuddling your feet. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> just
0: be away from me. Exactly. Um,
2: and then I, I kind of wanted to talk about too, because I saw this on your Instagram and I, it, it's kind of the, the timing's really funny because I talked a lot this weekend. I was hanging out with some friends. We talked a lot about Enneagrams. Is that how you say it? Enneagrams? Enneagrams?
0: Oh yeah.
2: Enneagram. Enneagrams. We talked a lot mm-hmm. about Enneagrams. And I've never taken the test, so I don't know what I am. But I saw on Instagram, you talk about how, like, sex, certain, se- you know, sex- sexual premises or whatever, how-, how to have good sex, based on your Enneagram. So, like, explain yeah, that. Yeah. That's really cool. Because I'm a huge, like, I know my love languages and things like that. And I that's helped my love life a ton. So, I feel like this is kind of similar to that.
0: Yeah, that was, you know, we just try to get playful with this topic too. I think a lot of people try, you know, we take sex so seriously and I just think let's be more playful and lighthearted about it. So we've done a bunch of fun stuff like about your enneagram type, we do the zodiac signs. Um we even came up with like our own kind of pseudo zodiac signs like your sex personality type. We made this whole quiz about it. So it's like nothing about this is scientific. Like I'm not trying to say like I'm an enneagram <laughs> expert or (laughs) Zodiac expert but I think it just can be like a fun easier way for some people to initiate the conversation so especially somebody who's really shy who you know wouldn't feel comfortable talking about it otherwise it gives them a nice opening of like oh hey you're a Taurus babe like let's check out what they said about the Taurus um so it just can be like a playful way to explore
1: that must totally be me because I don't even know
2: what this Enneagram I've never heard of this really Enneagram uh uh-uh yeah. I need to take the test because you guys got to go take a test right afterwards. Honestly, I've listened after this weekend, I was like, I need to take this because everybody was like trying to guess what I was, you know, and they were trying to guess the number I am. And I've heard it a ton before. But you're right. That's like a really cool way to start the conversation around, you know, like, like sex and what you might like and, do, and not like. So if somebody was interested in like working with you or, or sex therapist in general, how does that go about? Do you do it? Let, you know, by sessions, do you usually work with somebody in a long period of time? Like, how does that work?
0: Yeah. So I, um, you know I. I typically work with people over pretty short periods of time. Um, Sex therapy is pretty different from traditional psychotherapy in that it tends to be much more short term. So I, you know, a lot of people like, they want to experience change. They want to get resources. And with sex in particular, it's like, you know, I can give you the information. I can give you exercises. I can point you to a course that you could take where it's just, it's, you know, it's much more, um, giving you advice and action oriented in that sort of way. So it tends to be much shorter, um, and really like just getting down to the point that being said, like, I definitely have worked with people where they really wanted to go deep on their past or their experience. They'd gone through some sort of trauma. So that type of work can be, you know, much longer, but what we're really trying to promote is this idea of proactively working on your relationship and your sex life. I think most of us, we don't think about doing therapy or getting help until things are really bad. But when we do that, then getting help takes so much longer and it's so much more painful. But if we could think about our sex lives as like, hey, I value my sex life. I value my connection with my partner and with myself. And I want to like learn more and explore and get resources for it. Like it's going to be so much more fun and so much more effective too
2: do you usually work with couples too? Or will you take like a woman and then by herself and then her partner by herself or whatever it is, you know, or do you work with them usually together?
0: Yeah, I work with couples. Um, and what I'll usually do is do a session at the beginning of our work together with each of them individually. It is nice to like have a little time to share your side of the story without your partner being around. You can just be totally unfiltered. Um, but yeah, definitely work with lots of couples and we have courses that are for couples as well. Okay.
2: Awesome. Okay. So what, what is like the number one thing in your opinion that people ask about or people are worried about or want advice on?
0: So the most popular course that we have is finishing school, which teaches women how to orgasm. That's definitely like by far and away the biggest complaint that women have. And then for couples, it's mismatched sex drives. So this feeling of like, you know, in a relationship, my partner wants it way more or way less than I do. And trying to figure out like, how do we have a sex life, especially in a long-term relationship? Like how can we be with somebody for five, 10, 15 years and like, feel like we can stay on the same page about sex when we're very different people with really different needs. Um, so we have a course about that as well, because it's definitely one of the biggest challenges. I mean, pretty much comes up in every relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, my perspective about mismatched sex drives is, is that every single couple has them. Like you're never going to find a partner that you want sex at the exact same time, every single time. And you want the exact same kind of sex in that moment too. Like Good luck finding that. Yeah, I'm so happy yeah. for you if you have. But like, you know, for for most of us, like you're not going to find a carbon copy of yourself.
2: That is so true. And I think especially when you've been, you know, in relationships for a very, very, very long time, like marriages, if you will, because then you have kids and then you're busy and then work and then, you know, and then different. That's I like that mismatched sex drives. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of funny that finishing school is really popular because I mean, just, women need help orgasming. Like we're just not doing it. The guys guys just aren't doing enough.
0: I think people are really like shocked by how few women actually know how to orgasm, and I'm really transparent about the fact that like I struggle with my own orgasm. I faked so many orgasms. I got really good at faking. <laughs>
1: you
0: know? I'm sure you could go back to my old boyfriends, and they'd be like, "No, no, every single time." Uh, so I A couple think, times. Oh, (laughs) like, yeah. (laughs) Uh, yeah, it's, you know, there are so many women out there who are struggling with orgasm and feeling so much shame and embarrassment about it. Like it gets back to what we were talking about about shame. Like, I can't tell you how many women say I must be the only woman in the world who doesn't know how to orgasm. You know, they feel so embarrassed about it. So broken. Um, but the interesting thing about it is that, you know, female orgasm, it really isn't any more complicated than male orgasm. We have all these stereotypes that like, Oh, Women are, you know, men are so easy and women are really challenging. It's really not. It's just that the way that, like, heterosexual men and women, the way that we have sex, it completely prioritizes male pleasure. Mm, So, of course, course, (laughs) it's going to seem easier for the guy to have an orgasm because, like, think about it. You know, when men masturbate, like, you're basically replicating the sensation (laughs) that you're getting when you're having intercourse, right? It's like almost a one for one kind of thing. Obviously, better. Yeah. I've gotten
2: pretty good at masturbating for the record. So <laughs> just, kidding, just kidding. It can be done in like 20, 30 seconds. Like. <laughs> <laughs>
0: he's, a, he's a masturbation expert. Uh, yeah. But for women, our pleasure comes from the clitoris mm-hmm. and the clitoris is not getting very much stimulation during intercourse, like very little. And so I always make this funny comparison where I say like, if you talk about it from a nerve ending standpoint, intercourse for a woman is like if we were, you were to play with a man's balls. So if somebody plays with your balls, like, sure, maybe you enjoy it. It could be fun. It could feel good. But are you going to orgasm from that? Right. No. (laughs) So we could like, you know, we can imagine some alternate universe where like, let's say that the way that we think we're supposed to have sex is a guy like rubbing his balls on a woman's clitoris. So she's going to get that clitoral stimulation that she needs. She'll probably orgasm. But like, are you going to expect that you would? And then are you going to feel like, oh, my God, like male pleasure. It's so complicated. (laughs) Why am I broken? Why can't I just have this orgasm? And it's like, no, you're not getting stimulation from the part of your body that like feels the most pleasure. So why would you experience a ton of pleasure or orgasm?
2: Wow. I've never really looked at it like that. Yeah. Cause I mean, I, I definitely know that like very few women like get off on like penetration, if you will. So mm-hmm. I mean, it completely makes sense. Like the way you just laid it out completely makes sense. You're right. Like we are just like, you know, unfortunately most things in the world, like it's very male, male forward and, and yeah. male. Yeah. So I mean, and the fact that sex is no different is actually really sad.
1: So then do you recommend like incorporating like toys and other forms of stimulation into the bed?
0: Yeah. So there are, I mean, there are a lot of things that you can do. Like one is really prioritizing foreplay. And I hate the word foreplay because it makes it sound like, oh, those are the things that you do before you move on to the real thing. (laughs) But, you know, for the vast majority of women, she's going to feel more pleasure and orgasm from, you know, using your hands, using your mouth, using toys on her. So those activities need to be like just as important as having Mm -hmm. intercourse. So it's doing that. And it's also like, there are ways that you can get more clitoral stimulation during intercourse. It doesn't have to be just one or the other so whether it's you reaching down and touching her her reaching down and touching herself using a toy like there are a lot of positions where it's pretty easy to like add that stimulation in but we just need to think of it as like that's just a normal thing it's not like doing something extra or like oh she's so difficult like no you just got to get the part of her body that's designed to feel pleasure so the cool thing about the clitoris is the clitoris has eight to nine thousand nerve endings in it, whereas the entire penis has two to three thousand nerve endings wow. so way, way more capacity for feeling pleasure and yet we're ignoring it. so we gotta we gotta give the clitoris some more respect
2: yeah give yeah there's yeah. a there's the quote of the day hashtag give the clitoris respect. I, love it. I think you're right. I think it's just like the lens we see everything through, you know it's like the word foreplay, right? It seems like it's just like before it gets fun. You know what I mean? Like before the play. Exactly. So I think it's just the lens we kind of view sex yeah. through and sexually And it
0: makes it feel like a chore, right? It's like, oh yeah, you got to do the foreplay before you get onto the sex. But it's like, <laughs> no, that's gonna that can be just as much fun. And the ironic thing is, like, a lot of dudes enjoy foreplay too. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm I'm not seeing a lot of dudes saying like, no, please don't give me a blowjob. Like, I <laughs> it, you know, it's like come on, <laughs> we all want this. Why don't we change our attitudes? About it a little bit. Mm
2: -hmm. That's a great way to put it. So where can people find you if they're looking and possibly work with you or get advice or anything? Where can people find you? Instagram, Twitter, all that fun stuff.
0: Yeah, I'd love to connect with any of your listeners. Um, I'll give you two places to find me. One is on Instagram. My handle is at Vanessa Marin Therapy Um, and definitely check out stories. Like I was saying, my husband Xander and I, we show up there every day and we try to make people laugh, help you feel more comfortable talking about sex. And then also our website, it's VMtherapy.com. And you can actually just go straight to vmtherapy.com free. We have so many free guides for people from everything about like, you know, mismatched sex drives, your sex personality type, understanding your sex drive, male performance issues, like all kinds of stuff. So vmtherapy.com free is where you can find like all of our best free stuff.
2: Okay. Awesome. Yeah, everybody go check that out. If you're looking for some help in the bedroom, this is great. I feel like I learned a lot. <laughs> like I learned quite a bit of stuff.
0: Awesome. And I love
2: talking about this stuff. Cause like you said, I think there's a lot of stigma around it and everything. You know, we have a lot of female listeners and everything. And I think it's great to hear a lot of the things you just said. So I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, that was great. Yeah.
0: Thank you for having me. Yeah,
2: absolutely. And yeah, maybe uh, if I ever find a girlfriend, we'll be in touch. I'll, yeah. <laughs> I'll reach out to you.
0: I'll keep a spot open in my practice. for you. Yeah. There you go.
2: I appreciate it. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Well, thank you so much, Vanessa. It's been great.
0: Cool. Thanks for having me.
2: Behind the Rose is recorded live at the world famous Grizzly Rose or wherever we happen to be. Be sure to go check out our Instagram at behind the rose podcast and follow us. You always know when we drop a new episode and give us all five of those stars.
0: Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time behind the rose.